Welcome to the Front End Nerdery Podcast, a podcast about front end development and design. I'm your host, Todd Libby. My guest today is founder of Simple Bits, author, and aspiring sea captain, Dan Cedaholm. Dan, how are you today? Hey, Todd. I'm doing awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am Dan, and I uh, currently living up in Salem, Massachusetts, and um, have have lived in New England my whole life. So this is home. Uh, it's good to talk to a fellow New Englander, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I uh, I'm a designer, a accidental entrepreneur, um, accidental author accidental everything now that i think of it <laughs> nothing's been uh super well thought out on my end in terms of uh, my professional life um and uh yeah so uh designer and and uh i i co-founded a site called dribble which is a community for designers um back in 2009 and uh have since moved on from from the company as of a couple of years ago and i'm sort of over the last few years anyway i've kind of been reinventing my uh design self <laughs> by taking on a bunch of different projects just making things i think i realized like i just like to make stuff and not necessarily manage things or i'm not good at managing things hmm. um, so that's been a re revelation but um so yeah back to making stuff designing making fonts books shirts hats um you know fun stuff uh and just getting back to just designing for yeah. the sake of designing maybe yeah just been fun just been a, been, been a blast actually yeah i uh i have a thing with t-shirts so you get a lot of orders from me for t i know i was gonna say i you're like a super wonderful customer of simple bits and i really appreciate that <laughs> and all those four well uh, you know i you know with the first time i saw you had merch out i was like oh i gotta get that stuff because you know the book the the the, the uh the first book the orange one the, yep. Uh, yep but it even went way back so um i'll get to that part in a minute but yeah, yeah. The, the 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 stuff you put out is great i love it I really wish that I know you had a shirt that you had to take down. Um, yeah. I wish yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish I got my hands on that one, but. <laughs> oh, well, we, I do have some uh, left. I can say I'll send you with the, with the 
replaced book because you got it. I don't, this is timely, but you got, you got a book delivered today, completely damaged. I did uh, in the mail, not by us. I, I promise you, but right. Um, but that, that's a, wow. This got seriously mangled in the, in the mail. I don't know what happened there. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. I think they ran it, they ran must it, have over. Ran it over with something, you know? Yeah. Like they it, ran it over and then backed up to make sure they ran it over and right, right. took off again. Uh, that happens. Um, but yeah, the, the shirt was interesting that that's a whole thing we could talk about if you want, like it's, uh, someone owned the trademark to the phrase stay salty, which, um, which is something that I, you know, you see it, a lot of people use it. There's tons of folks that, that have that saying on their products. If you do Google search, it's everywhere. Right. Um, and I didn't, I was unaware of this company that reached out and said, Hey, we own the trademark to this. And you know, I had to talk to my lawyer about it and they're like, well, they do own the trademark. So they have a legit, you know, case, um, yeah. they wanted to litigate it'll cost six figures or something. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the name of the business or anything. So right. Um, yeah. So anyway, we had to take that down, which is a shame, but yeah, we'll get you one. All right, cool. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. So my first question, we'll get right into the questions now. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you know, I hinted back to the, to the first book that uh, you, you put out which I'll get to in my second question, but how did you get started in your web development and design journey? Yeah, well, yeah, going way back. You know, it's funny. I, I think that I was always interested in design, you know, even like early, early age. I think that's, I didn't really know. I didn't know that that was a thing, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know that was a profession that you could do. And I just loved, I loved logos and, I was really into skateboarding when I was younger and I just loved all the, I think I liked the design better than I did the actual skateboarding part. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, music, I was really into music for a long time and, and, and still am, but uh, the, the design of the, the album covers and that, that like those parts always interested me in whatever I was interested in the design aspect of something. And then it, it it wasn't until like I discovered the web um, in the mid '90s, really, where I, I I saw an avenue to say, "Oh, this is this is something I can do. I can build websites that that you know everyone can see that has internet connection." And um, the design of the site was something that really appealed to me. Like it was this thing that it was very self-contained all you need was a computer in front of you you didn't need equipment other than that and you could you could create and you could create something visually that something someone would would see um the distribution like it took the distribution out of it you know you weren't mailing records or skateboards to people you were just posting it online and then mm. people were seeing it. and i loved that about it and so the, i think it was the web that like kind of brought those interests all together and made me realize oh this is what this is what I've been interested in all along and I didn't really really know it until um, I had that tool a computer really mm -hmm. to, to to do that and yes it was really the web that that sparked that and um, I had a really crappy job uh, making minimum wage at a record label and I worked my way up to this desk job that had 
like a windows 3.1 machine <laughs> you know and I, that was my that was my computer because i didn't have one at home at the time and we had internet so i was like that was my brief little taste of the web at that time which was really interesting and and then i just kind of i just ever since then i was just all about the, the web and creating for the web and learning as much as i could know um when i got home you know about building a web page because i just wanted to do i wanted to build a web page for my my band and i wanted to i wanted to learn how to i just want to learn all learn it all you know view source you could figure it out on your own um that diy aspect of of building websites back then was so fun and exciting and felt like pioneering you know uh those early days because it was just like a free-for-all you know um and um and it just grew from there and I, I just i kept you know i kept learning on my own at night and and started documenting that in a blog um and which eventually became simple bits i think we're coming up on the 20 year oh, wow. anniversary of the domain name so um, i had a few other ones before that but like just blogging early on in those days um and I'm sure you remember, and like it's it's like that was the it was the best time to learn things while also sharing that learning process at the same time. And that's something I've tried to embrace even today. Um, the the idea of sharing what you're sharing what you're learning as you're learning it. You know, <laughs> I, I think that in that that was the spirit of of the web. Um, and, may, and maybe still is actually that would be interesting to see what people that are starting now think of it hopefully they think of it the same way that a lot of people share share their knowledge and it's 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 easy to get free free uh <laughs> free knowledge out there about building websites and i hope that's still the case and because that was that's what fueled me and fueled that community at that time is, is just sharing like we were figuring things out together and everyone was kind of documenting that in their own way um yeah actually on blogs initially because that's all that it was yeah that was a long-winded answer to your question <laughs> i just kind of went all over the place there oh no that was a great answer i i i did the same thing you know i i started with a small little site a little blog turned it into a blog actually and yep. uh yeah yeah i remember those days of just this, I, I think there's more now these days with the, you know, the advancement, of course, in technology, because, you know, people, uh, they do uh, learning on Twitch and on, you know, all these other platforms that um, they, you can write, like, you know, there was Medium and then all these other sites came out as well. Yeah. That, that are kind of like Medium. Yeah, the, the ability to publish is certainly been simplified and yeah. which is great right it's no longer like let's code a, <laughs> a web page and, and ftp it to to um to to, con to convey something it's it's so much easier which is which is awesome yeah yeah it's a good way i i feel like um i'm curious you know about the newcomers and how how they they view it but i i i hope that there's still that sense of camaraderie among the, the the design community that 
that that helps each other learn and i think it is i i see it a little bit here and there but so let's talk about books because yeah i have many <laughs> of your books got a lot of books um, oh, oh nice oh excellent hey well thanks thanks todd you've written a few um and you know there was the ones that i alluded to a couple times web standard solutions was the, the first one or was it bulletproof web no, bulletproof web design was after web standard solutions yes yeah that was the second second book or yeah yep so i have those two web standards uh web standard solutions i had that <clears throat> i actually bought that one in a local bookstore it was a walden books wow in, bookstores. it was one of my first i think maybe four or five web design books i bought jeffrey zeldman's um book of course design yeah, absolutely yeah um and a few others then you had uh handcrafted css just to name a few um we've had a couple book apart titles yeah. yep yep um and that was what css3 and uh, for what for web designers and sas for web designers which yes. is great um what was the process like writing those books? And I guess it was, correct me if I'm wrong, Yeah, that was still when you were designing for the web. So uh, why was the focus on CSS? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I, I, I really love CSS or, you know, I, I, I should say loved because I honestly, I, I don't do a lot of it now and I, mm -hmm. I kind of miss it in a way and in, in a way a, a lot. And and I think I still love it actually. It's, I think it's, it's for whatever reason, I don't know. I, I just fell in love with, you know, markup and, 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 and CSS and the combination of those two things um, to, to visually create something I, I just loved. And, and I, I, at the time, I think back in 2000, three or whatever it was when the first book emerged um you know that web standards movement was was in full force and it was um everyone was like i was saying earlier everyone was sort of learning together about how to solve these problems that we were trying to to solve you know and um there wasn't a ton of at the time there wasn't a ton of books obviously jeffrey's book you know the epic and pioneering and um paved the way for what is or you know the web standards movement and um i through my blog i think that's what tipped it i was just i blogged a lot about css and and web design and what i was learning and figuring out and everyone's you know figuring out these little solutions um you know had a list apart you know which was great a huge resource right every time someone came out with an article you'd be like ah this is how i'm gonna tackle this problem now and um i remember um blogging about you know how to i had this thing on the site called simple quiz really dumb name but but it was <laughs> like asking the posing the question on the blog like how would you mark up you know an address you know and, and then the, there's the multiple choice answers because I, I think what i was doing is i was trying to get a consensus but at the same time show that there are multiple ways to solve 
every there's no one solution to to designing something on for the web mm-hmm. and um that the the idea of like well this should this could be a book you know this i could th- this should this should be a book and people can collect all these things together and and it's just, this could be maybe a valuable teaching tool or or whatever and um so i approached a couple publishers and the one that really wanted to work with me was with friends of ed which was a a press imprint um and um you know got had a really good editor there that was just on, really on board with the idea and i was like this yeah absolutely this is great and um i didn't want to call it it's funny it's web standard solutions is kind of a dumb name but um <laughs> they, they they really liked it uh and that's kind of what the, how it went but you know at the time i was i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know what the hell i was doing writing wise and you know like the thought of writing a book actually was was really daunting and scary and um i had never you know other than writing on the blog and and, and whatever it, it, it's not something i went to school for it's not something i studied or even aspired to do really it's kind of bizarre um the way it happened but um I'm glad it did. And, and I just, I loved, I guess I fell in love with the idea of, of, of having to explain the same things that I was figuring out, you know, as I was figuring them out. And I, I think that became useful for other people. And I, I realized that blogging immediately, you know, they have that immediate, like, put something up and you get immediate comments and feedback and whether you're doing it right or not. Um, and that, that was, that was great. And that was super helpful to say, okay, maybe I do, maybe this is something I can do and I could, I could tackle. And, um, and then having a great editor was, <laughs> was key at that point is not, not being an author that really doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, the editor becomes super valuable <laughs> and helpful yeah. and necessary. Um, but the 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 yeah so the process emerged from blogging really initially and that got me started um and kind of got a framework in place for me to be able to share how how i would learn something and maybe try to explain that that same um technique and and to others and uh, and that led to the and that's where the books kind of started um going the bulletproof book was was interesting because that that one's i was specifically trying to show like this is pre-responsive web design right so i was trying to show how css specifically could um make things more flexible um and in a way accessible i don't i didn't that wasn't like a um uh, a obvious focus but in a way you know writing semantic markup at the time was kind of a big it wasn't something everyone was doing and uh trying to having to explain like well you, you can do this 15 different ways but these few ways here here's why that could be beneficial for for everybody um so that one was more more focused uh, i think on the way css could make things more flexible yeah extensible and um and that i think it was just you know right place right time too in terms of getting an actual book out there there's plenty of people writing about it and doing it and you know doing it better than i than i ever will and 
uh, even explaining it maybe better, but I just happened to be there willing to actually print it <laughs> <laughs> or have it printed at that point. But, um, right. uh, yeah. So from, from Matt, I know, I, I always thought, yeah, I wanted to write a book, but then I hear people talking about the process is difficult and, yeah, and everything. Sure. And it, it, well, it can be difficult. Um, it can be, a, it's a long process. So I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep on buying these books and reading them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is, it is pr the process. It, it is painful, actually. The multiple parts of it are painful. Um, for me, I always thought the initial writing of it was the best part and the easiest part. And uh, it was later like the editing and um, preparing the figures and the the, the actual logistical uh, production of it was was really laborious and kind of boring for me. But the actual writing, that's why having a great editor is man, it's actually cold because they can... <laughs> they can take the heavy lifting on um but it is uh it's it's daunting and uh and it's it's not it's not it's not always fun for sure but the 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 reward is always great when you're done and um i don't run marathons or anything but i can see how like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's people that do enjoy that like the, it's all about that finish line and the way you feel after it you know yeah. uh, that makes it that makes it worth it but i'm also of the of the mind that like everybody can can write books um yeah. and i really do believe that and i i think that you know back when those books that we were just talking about were published that was kind of like there was like this whole industry of of web design books right you go to the walden like you said you go to walden books there's like a section and there's every every imaginable topic you can imagine is there and you can buy it and that's the way people would learn um and now it's so different um but i think what what is interesting is getting people's personal takes on these these topics now now that the topics are out there and you it's easier to find information on them but like i would love to read a todd book on anything you know <laughs> what I mean? like i just feel like the book it, it seems so permanent and when it's paper you know it's printed on paper it seems so it, it elevates the content i believe to mm -hmm just naturally by the way of like okay well there's a lot of work went into this you have to print it there's like physical things happening to make it make it work and and uh so the con the content could be i'm just rambling here now but um the content <laughs> uh that that what i really love now is like that personal take on whatever it is and it, as opposed to being completely academic you know what i mean like like if, if, if you wanted to write a book on lobster rolls, you know, for instance, which I know you love, like, I, I would love that book. And I don't think it would need to be the book on lobster rolls, like where you have to like research the lobster's history and all that crap. Nice. Just be about here's what, here's, here's where I go. Here's why I like them. Here's who makes them well. Here's what goes into it. 
um here's my take on so like a book on lobster rolls rather than the book and that's what i'm trying to do now actually with with books is is kind of remove that like barrier of i can't write this book on on fonts i didn't go to school for it i don't know what i'm doing I, there's so many other more people that are more qualified than me to do this um uh so why why should i write it it's like if you take that barrier away and say well, just write a book on making fonts that that is your experience and um because there should there, there, there's room for all there's room for more books there's room for you know multiple books on on lobster rolls and, and fonts i think that's actually been uh <laughs> i've had people approach me at <laughs> i said yeah i was thinking of writing a book and Oh, you should write one on lobster rolls. So, oh, I'm not the first. <laughs> oh, no, you're not the first. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Todd, let's make this happen. I mean, yeah. I don't honestly like. I'm like that. It would be a really interesting book because that's something people are passionate about, right? And you're passionate about it. That's the other thing. When you're passionate about something, it's going to come through. You know, whatever, you, however you write about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's. I mean, you got to do it now. It's got to happen. I got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I got to do it. <laughs> the the heat is on. So yeah. yes, I know you have a article on Medium. Uh, what I learned co-founding Dribble. Yeah. Yep. yep. So staying on the topic of books, was that part of? And I think that was a little. You had that in the book uh 20 things i learned about design business and community yes exactly yep yep um tell us about that book because i enjoyed that book um Great. very much okay. and uh we'll go from there actually yeah cool yeah that was um you know i i had uh retired from dribble and um was just reflecting on what he was like what the heck just happened over the last <laughs> 10 years um and it looks like my video is frozen huh i think it did freeze yeah sorry that's sorry. right let me let me try to restart it and see if uh there, there we go <laughs> there we go um Sorry about that. That's okay. um, yeah, so I was, I was reflecting on, you know, what just happened there with Dribble and founding it and like what I learned as like a someone who's not a business person per se and, and not an entrepreneur at, at its core, but like as a designer that started a business that had some success and grew and, and what, what did I learn from that? And um, so I thought I would just outline like 20 things, you know, 20 bits I learned about that and um and 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 put that on medium and and then realize hey that this could be why don't i write a little book mm -hmm. <laughs> going back to what i was saying earlier is like why not i'm not you know i'm not an expert in all this but it might be interesting to share like you know what i learned and and and, and really just self-publish it completely and and do all the doodles even though i'm not really a doodler and and why not uh, you know learn how to um learn how to lay out a book and get it 
printed hardcover and like the whole process of that is like equally as interesting to me right <laughs> uh, how you make the book is is interesting too and, and as in addition to you know the stuff that i'm writing about um so that that's what led to that and uh and and that's been fun because that that format of uh you know it's not quite a memoir but it sort of is in that i was trying to encapsulate you know what what i learned over those 10 years and uh you know settling on a format that's like here's it's going to be 20 little chapters and each one's going to be a little short thing and it doesn't matter how short or long each thing is that that really freed me up to be like okay this is really this makes the process of writing this a lot easier i can take each one and maybe one uh, do one a day or something even or every other day or whenever i can and focus on one of those and they're connected in a way but they don't have to necessarily be exactly connected you know chronologically or anything it's more just like sort of these 20 things that i learned and um takeaways and something that you could read on a plane plane ride and and land and be like okay that's cool i i learned some stuff about um what dan thought about this and um that that kind of format was really worked for my the style of thinking i do and um and I, I would love to see other people take that on too. It'd be neat. I mean, just here you go. This is how you can set up a book. <laughs> it's like about right, any right. topic, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was received well. And, and that, you know, led me to do another one that just come out about making fonts and that that's another new, even a, a, a topic that I really, really not qualified to write about, but yeah, I did anyway because mm -hmm. what the hell um and uh and i took that same format and broke it down like here's 20 things i learned about uh making fonts and and um and and hopefully it's hopefully it's as well received as the first one but uh, it's to be seen but i just i just love the pro the whole process i i like i think if when you when you when you enjoy the process of something um it, it matters less about how successful that end thing is right mm. it it's it's that's icing on the cake if it's if it's actually successful if it's profitable or if it's well received or whatever it's it that's icing on the cake um when you've enjoyed that process from from start to finish and so like writing books going back to your question earlier about you know it seems like a laborious process it's it seems hard it, and and it is and and i think these these two books that i've done self self-publishing mm -hmm. have been my way of saying all right how do i break it down so that i i enjoy like all of the process uh, the whole way through and sort of optimize my time on on uh being passionate about the whole thing right. and that's that's the result i guess is these these little these little uh arguably artistic books yeah i think your uh video froze oh, video again. froze again jeez what's going on sorry there we go i'm back no worries this is a low budget production anyway so let's <laughs> see that's but that's the way to do it yeah 
Yeah, I just I decided I I decided you know what I'm gonna do a podcast and I'm just gonna press record and let it do do its thing. Yeah, you know, let it do its thing. let nature take its course. So the book I enjoyed that book. Uh, twenty what twenty things I learned about design, business, and community. And I remember we were both on uh the the uh quarantine book club uh mike and erica had yes yeah fantastic yep and uh i enjoyed and i i well i again i enjoyed the book a lot and the the one thing and i think we might have touched upon this in that book club meeting at the time was you had a chapter in the book that said choose the right partner or something similar to that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. I had almost, <laughs> almost chosen the wrong partner and that kind of, that resonated with me. Uh, yeah, sure. For some reason it just, uh, you know, I was thinking, boy, you know, I dodged a bullet there and, and that, and you're right. You know, you have to find the right partner, the right fit to do you know, yeah. to go into business with. So that was a great book. And I, you oh. know, I'll, I'll put everything in the show notes, uh, links to the books and everything. Uh-huh. Um, oh, awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's great to hear, Todd. I think, um, I think, yeah, that <laughs> choosing the right partner, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I, I obviously wasn't thinking of at the time and I don't think rich was either rich, the co-founder of dribble. And I think we got fortunate in that we were good friends first. And, um, but at the same time, there's challenges there, even when you're good friends, you know, running a business together, it's not like you're not just hanging around being friends. It's, it's, there's a lot of, a lot that goes into it. And there's, um, you know, making sure that, things are delegated equally and, and, um, everyone's pulling their weight and, and, um, you know, there, I, I learned a ton, uh, from, from obviously from, from the whole experience. And I certainly learned that I'm awful at managing and, um, well, that's not all I'm awful at, but, um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that, um, it is like I say in the book, it, it is like a marriage, you know, um, co-founding something with, with someone and, um, whether you have multiple founders or whatever, maybe it's a, a marriage that involves multiple people, but, um, but it is, it is like that. And you, you're going to run into a, a lot of, a lot of weird things. Like it, if you're successful, right. Which you hopefully are with your business the thing that you're starting, whatever, um, you're going to be spending a lot of, a, a lot of time with these people and making a lot of decisions with these people. And some of the decisions are big and they're sort of affect lives and employees and everything. And, um, you know, having that foundation of being on the same page with, with the person you're, you're starting this thing with, uh, is, is super important. Um, and, um, you know, not, not everyone's fortunate enough to, to you know to make that decision thoughtfully it's tough you know things start in various ways you know a dribble started as a side project and um 
we didn't start with a business plan where we sat down and said, this is, this is the business and this is what you're going to be in charge of. And this is what I'm going to be in charge of. And this is how we're going to run it. And it just sort of evolved over time. And, and so when I say choose your partner wisely, I kind of, it's almost like a warning for folks that do have the opportunity to, to say, I I'm looking for a co-founder right now before we even get started. And here's, here's a, here's some things to think about when you're, when you're choosing that person or looking for that person. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and recognizing that that's not all, that's not always how businesses start. And, um, and, and, and sometimes those work out great and sometimes they don't, but if you're able to have that time to choose and, and thoughtfully think about, um, your strengths versus the other person's strengths and how those mesh and all that, that's, that's, that's the ideal, you know, that's the ideal time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got to ask because I, I see it on your bios and, and when I was, when I was doing my research, uh, I saw it a lot. Tell us, tell the listeners, uh, about accidental entrepreneur and cautious adventurer. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, yeah, so accidental entrepreneur is definitely my, <laughs> it's a way of saying like, look, I may have started um, a few businesses and, um, but I, I, I didn't, I, I, it's almost like my way of saying, I don't really know what I'm doing. And uh, it's like a, like a disclaimer, <laughs> you know, like um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I didn't go to business school and I really <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So take anything that I prescribe as, as, as actually non-prescriptive and, and since sort of like, here's, here's what worked for me, but it may not work for you. Um, and, and, and it's true. It's totally true in that I've stumbled into all these things. Uh, um, I think getting, you know, I was at, what was it? Fast company magazine back in 2000, early two thousands. And, um, and that's where when the web standards thing was going and we redesigned the site with CSS and that was that gained, gained me some notoriety in the, in the web standard space at the time. And then I, I got laid off from them because they moved to New York and they changed and, and, and then I didn't know what to do. And I, that, that forced me into freelancing and I didn't set out to do, I didn't want to do it was scary as hell didn't want to do that but i ended up um you know getting lucky with getting a few clients lined up initially and then I, and suddenly a few months went by and i said oh i guess i've i guess i'm a freelancer now because i've been paying the bills and i haven't really uh it's been working um so that was accidental dribble was accidental um you know in terms of being a side project and just growing that and that was that was a journey and um uh, there was another site I did with with Dan Benjamin called Core, which was like a wine, a social network for wine people. <laughs> I remember and that one. In, yeah, you remember that? One? Yeah, I, so, I do remember that one. It was fun, and that again, that was accidental as well because it was just like, oh, why can't I share? I want to follow what you're drinking if you like wine, and you know, not that I'm a wine expert or anything, but like, it was just something that I wanted to see for myself mm -hmm. um and then that turned into something and then we later sold sold that to gary gary v of all people um 
who's done quite well for himself after that. But, um, but so that's accidental. And, and so I think that part of my bio is just like a disclaimer in that <laughs> you, you, can, you can create businesses like unintentionally that, that still work out. And, um, I'm still learning, you know, every day. I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to know what I'm doing, uh, but I kind of like it that way. I think I, the older I get, I learn like that's okay that I don't know, and it's it's less scary and more like I'm just going to embrace that and um, maybe willing to take some some more risks than than uh, than I than I was when I was younger. Um, the the cautious adventure part, I is is more of like a a non non design interesting where. I love the outdoors and I love, um, you know, being on the water, however I can and, and exploring. And, um, at the same time, I, you know, I have anxiety <laughs> and, uh, deal with that. And, and so I'm super cautious. I'm not one of those people that's like kind of rock climbing and yeah. jump out of an airplane, but I love anything to do with that watching it or <laughs> so i'm like i'm sort of a poser outdoor person or something and that's kind of why i wrote why i would write cautious adventure because I, I love adventuring but i'm definitely um nervous about a lot of things and uh it's so that was that's little little teeny insight into into my non-design space i guess <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I get that. I, I, <laughs> the cautious adventurer part is something that I, that really, I'm like, I'm one of those people too that are like, yeah, I can watch uh, uh, people jump out of a plane or, you know, jump off a bridge with a cord strapped to their foot, but yes. that's it. <laughs> that's the right. extent of it. Well, it's cool, right. And like, and like uh, yes. And I love that. I'm like a fan of that stuff. Like I, I love the idea of snow. I like I did some snowboarding and then I like landed on my knee and I was like, this is, I'm like, I stay away from, I would, I would not go on black diamond trails or even blue trails for that matter. Be like, I stick to green and I, but I love it. You know, I love the green trail. Right. It's not like I'm like, um, this sucks i can only do green trails it's like no i love the cautious adventure part of this you know like i'm gonna stick to the easy the easy where i'm in control and um and so i yeah like you like i i will i love the idea of jumping out of a plane or anything like adventure like that i'm i'm totally you know like uh climbing mount everest or whatever it's like that is so cool and i'll watch documentaries every night about things like that and um, but when it comes down to doing it, like, I'm definitely not. <laughs> that's again, it's another disclaimer, like, Hey, I, I might talk about this stuff and post photos from crazy places or whatever, but I'm not, I'm, I am not <laughs> one of those people that's, uh, yeah. it's airing or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Just being yeah. honest. Looking at it from afar works for me in some, in some things. Same. So, uh, going back you know to the to the business part uh what's the best thing you've learned about starting a business oh uh, best part um well i think there's a couple things i th that i love about it and 
I think one of them is um, the independence is, is huge. I think um, I'm certainly unemployable at this point because uh, I've been doing this long enough on my own where I can't, I can't imagine. I think, you know, like, like work life balance is huge. I mean, there, there are, don't get me wrong. There's many stresses about running a business that anybody knows they would agree, you know, like, it's not all it's certainly risky and there's um unknowns and stuff that 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 come up but that that independent part of independence part of it is 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 crucial and like being able to be there for kids doctors appointments without having to worry about literally not telling anybody and just being able to, to sort of roll with the punches of life is 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 huge i think that's probably the top one for me um I think the other, the other one for me has been exploring different interests and um, having the flexibility to do that. I think, I guess that goes along with independence too, but just uh, I think the way business for me has evolved, like started freelancing, building websites and um, that has evolved into just sort of a general design like creating anything uh, logos and fonts and, uh, and and writing and 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 the, the ability to explore those different things and some of them don't work out some of them do but just having the being fortunate enough to be able to experiment with them and find the things that I do like to do has been invaluable and um that's not really a good business plan, like experimenting with things to see if they work. But for me, I kind of, I kind of lump it in with that because being my own boss, I'm able to do, I'm able to do those experiments and, and see what works. Uh, so I think, yeah, in general, that the sort of independence of it has definitely made it all worth it. Um, I think with dribble, it was eventually it would became, and I touch on this in the book too, about, those relationships that you make with people on, on teams. And, and, um, and I do miss that being on my own again, but um, the, the fact that you're employing people was really satisfying, you know, um, that you're building a, a, a culture and a place for people to be creative. And that, that is, that was really uh, satisfying and, 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 uh, and amazing. And, um, you know, I do miss that. So maybe we'll get back to that at some point, building a team. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I talk about those relationships, you know, after everything is gone, all the pixels are gone. Because when you talk about building for the web, like there's very little, I remember looking back at my portfolio, like everything I had created um, digitally was just not even there anymore. Like all these projects I did and, um, and, and that, that it seemed so important at the time. They seemed like, life or death, <laughs> death matters for the clients. And, and now they're just not even there anymore because they've replaced. And it just, that's just the nature of, 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 of creating on the web, which is also its strength too. Right. And, and sort of the, the appeal of it. But, um, but when you, when you toss all that aside, it's like what's left is those, those relationships with the people that you have worked with. And, and that's kind of what I realized what mattered the most was like, the the people uh yep. so 
I would say that was that would be another another one of 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 running a business is that the those 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 relationships and and the people that you get to meet and and work with. And, yeah. Yeah. It got to a point with me very recently where I look back at what I I did uh, back in the day, and now everything's on the. Uh, what is it archive.org it's on the internet way back machine yeah, yeah exactly you know and and uh, lucky to be where i am now at the company that i'm with now because of the transition i made so it's you know um that yeah. that part really i i i really got that part so yeah. if you had any words of advice for anybody that uh and I know a few people that I've talked to recently have become accidental entrepreneurs. What would that be? Yeah. Um, first I would say buy buy the book, <laughs> read that book. Glad you said that. I mean, <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's step one. <laughs> buy the book that I made. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think, Hmm. I was going to say, for me, more so at the beginning of my career, I guess, but writing was like the biggest boost for, for everything. Um, whether that be a blog or, you know, these days, there's a host of ways you can publish things, but um, writing your thoughts and sharing those as your learning and not not be afraid to be a voice about a topic you know um i kind of wish i knew that earlier in life i I feel like i'd be doing different things maybe um so writing writing i think it sounds goofy but i think writing down things is important <laughs> and so yeah. a lot of people are probably like, yeah that's obvious that's what i do all the time <laughs> you know whatever but uh i think not only just writing but the sharing of that is yeah. is important right so for visibility for you and your business or your project or whatever it is you're doing um the more you can share about not only the product but the process um i think is was valuable to me anyway so i i I would that's something i would recommend uh a little vague but um writing sharing um you know there's there the other thing i would i would say is um what would i say um it's a tough one. Why is it so tough? <laughs> you know, like, uh, I think you've got to be passionate. So here, here's one thing. You've got to be passionate about what it, what it is you're doing. I think mm-hmm. that the best, I think the best business, not every business, but the best businesses to me are born from something where the, the people or person is, is supremely passionate about that that thing and it's not just a wake up in the morning and say okay i gotta start a business so what's gonna make me the most money um and and that and that does happen and businesses are born that way and some of them may be successful but i think the best brands and businesses that 
have a lasting impact i think are born from from being very passionate about about it and so that it shows that 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 it was created because the people that created it wanted it to be there and not necessarily with uh revenue and primarily in mind um so be passionate write share choose a good founder that you love or you know that you can stay partnered with for indefinitely um be be nice be kind because you never know that's another thing i mean you never know who you're gonna run into again <laughs> later on in your career um and that's been that's certainly been true for me i think that the connections i've made with people whether it be clients or colleagues or whatever over the years um those have always been the kinder you are and the and the, just the more stand-up person you can be is gonna you know it's car it goes back to like karma you know it, it comes back to you um later on i think so that's important as well just be nice yep. <laughs> so, yeah definitely and this turned into like a tony robbins style thing <laughs> hopefully not but <laughs> oh that was i i 100 well i i should say just 100 percent agree because if i say 110 percent, i have people coming at me you can't do that but anyways all <laughs> right <laughs> so uh, swinging the conversation now to the book um 20 bits i yeah. learned about making fonts uh oh, i yeah. was yep. and you and you've seen some of the the photos i've taken and i use actually uh vault alarm on the yeah for the, the, the youtube cover yeah which i yeah. love yes excellent um also a big fan of the fonts i love the font i actually have all of them so oh, thanks to i urge people if you're into fonts go out and buy them i'm not a big you know i i over the years, my design has kind of changed. It's kind of, it, it's gone to what really first got me into design was labels. Yeah. Whether it was from bottles or from cans or from, from oh, nice. ads. Packaging and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that shifted to signage and yeah. then now, you know, and fonts as well um again i had another idea of making a font and the people that know me best well the lobster font has already been taken what are you <laughs> gonna do <laughs> right it's called lobster yeah sure and that's a, that's a pretty popular popular font too actually. it is um but focusing on the book what has been you know the best part about doing me you know, making fonts because you know you have what five i believe out now yeah yeah there's five out right now yep that's right um yeah no that's it's been such a fun journey i i, I was like i've always been interested in fonts too and and like you yeah packaging and just any you know anytime you see fonts are everywhere once you realize that it's kind of maddening right um you start noticing <laughs> it's like a yes curse. it is yeah it's it is 
people that you know like fonts but um but yeah so i i always loved fonts and and you know back in this is years and years ago but i i made a pixel font um which was my first attempt at creating a font and at the time that that program that i was using was a, i don't even remember i think it was font lab i'm pretty sure and they, they've probably mm. a lot since then but it was just really difficult to use and and um you know people go to school full-time to, to learn how to make fonts so it's it, it definitely can be a very academic uh practice that requires a lot of skill and education and everything to make um, at the same time, I think there is room, and, and this is why I wanted to create this book, is for designers that already are creating things and making letters. And and I actually I mentioned in the book that everyone actually does draw letters, right? Right. We're all we write and handwrite uh, less and less so now. But um, you know that that the the idea of making fonts is it can be accessible to to any designer, I think. And if I can do it, then you know anyone can and so again it was like one of those things that I, as i was learning and discovered um glyphs app specifically was kind of an eye-opener for me because that was that was it made it a lot easier it, it the, the software made a lot more sense to me and um it's just a well really well made piece of software that that makes it easy to, easier to make fonts than previous ones so once i started doing that i'm like this is great and i why don't i document this process because there's probably a lot of folks out there like me that want to make a font or are able to, but just, or maybe just intimidated by the type community and which can be intimidating or, or the software and, 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 and how do I get started? And, and I think that there's a lot of room for quirky fonts that aren't necessarily meant to be replacements for something like Helvetica or times new Roman or something that you would use to to in, in a book or a document or something there's a lot of room for fonts that are you know used used for signage and packaging like you're saying and and logos and, and things and and things with a lot of personality from that specific designer uh that that that's that was really what got me motivated to to do that um so it's just been a blast if, to to realize like oh this it's not that difficult this is possible. I can, I can make fonts that I want to see, you know, based on inspiration from signs or whatever I see. I can, it's fun to, to see that and, and, and have that, um, that itch to scratch and actually be able to do it and follow through with it and release it and have it be used. You know, people can, can use it. It's, that's so satisfying to me. And, um, it's been a real turning point for, for me in terms of design and what I want to create and sort of how I want to pivot, eh, pivot's not the right word, but um, focus the business forward, you know, sort of um, type centric and design centric and um, creating different products and different things off of that. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a blast. I mean, it, the whole, and I've been learning a ton and I still have an infinite amount to learn about it because there, there really is. Um, an infinite amount to learn so what's the hardest part about font making for Ooh. you uh yeah so there's a couple things uh you know um kerning 
is 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 tough. It's it, it's 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 tedious, and there are you know ways to make it easier. And I think that that's it's the most daunting part of it, and the most tedious, and it's it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's super important. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know you're you're creating these things for designers to use, so obviously there's that little pressure too you've got to get this kerning right or else it's, you know people love to call out bad kerning and that's like a pastime <laughs> of designers <laughs> whether you make fonts or not you're going to call it out so the the kerning is 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 tough and i'm learning more and more about that and um but also like a, a realization that that some of the stuff is subjective right and there's not there are rules and you can go to school for creating type, but they're also, um, there are parts that are subjective. And, and sometimes I second guess myself on, is this curve the perfect curve for this letter? And, and you kind of can go back and forth in like nonstop about that and then realize, wait, it's fine. It's <laughs> we're gonna, like, I think it's fine right now. So I'm going to move on and come back to it. And, uh, but but yeah so kerning to answer your question kerning is definitely one of the hardest parts um and you know i, I think that that grows exponentially the larger your font set is the exponent that just grows exponentially the kerning pairs um across weights and styles and um you know lowercase uppercase um that's why i like i say in the book too like start with <laughs> start with uppercase uh, start with a display font that's an uppercase because that's that that reduces the amount of of um, kerning and spacing and all that you have to do uh, so that's an easy way to get started and and um, I'd say that's that's probably the hardest the other the other hardest part I think is the actual uh, some of the letters are tough right I think um, getting those curves correct on some some letters is just is is just you can you can drive yourself crazy just dragging bezier curve handles you know all day and it's like it's like you know like i just spent an hour on this s or not even the s but like the part of the s and right. it doesn't look any now it looks worse than it did an hour ago you know <laughs> and you can that that's just i think that that's part i want to ask uh actual you know type designers but I feel like that's probably the curse of a lot of a lot of folks <laughs> just second guessing every every move of every minute move of one of the handles, you know. Right. Um, and and so some yeah some of the, some of the letters are are easier than others. Some are tough. Um, uh, I you know yeah S obviously is is a tough one. Um, but once you know once you have once you nail it, I, I just love the fact that fonts, building a font is like building these these components really, right? That start to get reused in letters. And once you that you once you get started, the momentum sort of exponentially grows. So you get through faster. You know, oh, okay, this is a three. Well, I've already done these curves on this B. Maybe, maybe this is we can reuse those and maybe that's the right. Um, so I, I'm always looking for ways to reuse, you know, um, reuse parts of, of the letters and, and, um, and that helps to make it whole cohesive as well. But. Yeah. 
So let's go into the book. Uh, I just got mine this morning, so I haven't been able to open it. Yeah. Literally, literally not able to open not, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> got my um, mail. <laughs> Oof. Uh, what can you tell us about the book? I can I can tell you that it was it it was really fun to, it was really fun to write and because it, it's something new like I I basically spent the, like the quarantine really is the reason this book is out because I spent a lot of it initially like learning how to how, how to make fonts from from scratch really from 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 the beginning and um, there was this sign that I would walk by all the time and I talk about this in the book but. Um, the vault alarm actually that you that you use for the this podcast um and i i would walk by you know for 20 years or something i'd walk by this sign. that's such a cool font it's like this vintage type i don't know what font it is it, and i'd walk by it and i'd be like i wish there was a font an entire font made from you know this style and maybe i should do that someday and then finally the quarantine like everybody were sitting around trying to think of what things to do and that was one i was like you know what? i'm finally gonna do this um and i i actually was i'd interviewed um the hood sisters amy and jen hood hood spa design on uh, the simple bits podcast and they they had mentioned they were making fonts and they mentioned glyphs this app and you know you, you got to check out glyphs it's really easy to use and and so that was a oh okay i'll check that out and i you know downloaded it and, and that kind of snowballed and and then so, uh, you know, made that font and then made a couple more and just sort of, it, it just grew and grew. And then I realized, okay, I think this would be fun to document this the way I did document the, the drill experience in this book with the same format, 20 bits. I learned each, each bit is like a little teeny chapter and we can, illustrate it the same way we can um basically share like here's here's a book about making fonts from someone that had no idea what he was doing a year ago you know and um that's the kind of book that i because that's yeah that's the thing that i would have liked when i first started right and there's, there's an infinite amount of books about typography and and making fonts and you're talking about a severe investment of time <laughs> to get through some of that stuff. And I just wanted to get to the end goal, which was make this sign I saw into a font that I can download and use. And, um, and that was the goal initially. And so I, I, I thought this would be helpful for folks that um, were in the same boat and they're like, I know design, I know how to draw letters. I do it all day, but making that into a font, that's crazy that's for people with like master's degrees or something. And, and it's, and that's not the case. Right. So, so I'd use that same format as the first book, breaking it down into those 20 bits, um, which makes it easy for me to write or easier for me to write. Um, and then self-contained, like it's only gonna be a hundred pages. It's going to be this dimension. That's going to be two colors offset printed. Um, there's all these constraints that I've set on this, which really help help a lot to just focus the project, right? Because mm. uh, you could say, "Oh, I want to write a book on on fonts," and and that could go in a million different directions. It could be a thousand pages. It could be full color, 
illustrated by somebody it could you know there's a whole bunch of things but i set these constraints on so that i can it doesn't seem so crazy an idea to me and i can actually get through it and, and do it mm-hmm. and get printed you know in a reasonable amount of time so that it's still relevant <laughs> yeah to, to where i'm at with the process but um yeah that was so that's what i that's what i did and um hopefully it's hopefully it's useful for folks that are interested in this and um hopefully it's just you know one of many tools that they'll need to to and again that goes back to the idea that i love of of books being more casual less academic and it doesn't have to be this definitive definitive book on the topic it's just something that's a little more fun and helpful uh, if you're interested in this stuff yeah. i'd love to do more of these too i don't know about different topics i don't know what they'd be but... i think maybe maybe there there's a idea running through my head right now of a collab with doing one of these in lobster rolls just yeah right exactly that's what i mean yeah like 20 bits i learned about lobster rolls like there you go i mean imagine that that would be a fun book and it'd be fun yeah. uh visually and and actually interesting right like you there's a whole bunch of things that i could think that i would want to know from you about this um and it makes it palatable um yeah, yeah i had that i actually had that thought about like what well, could this be like a like a publishing platform for people in a way that that where it, it it creates this framework that's a little like less intimidating and it's like oh i could write a book on lobster rolls or i could write a book on you know making leather wallets because that's what i do or whatever it is yeah. uh, that that has crossed my mind like i don't know if i guess we'll have to see how these <laughs> these books do first but, yeah but um but again i would love i would love a todd libby book on lobster rolls honestly and i don't even like to eat lobster that's how much i that's how much i think it's a good idea i don't even (laughs) i don't eat lobster and i but i still would read that but i would love that book though because you know yeah yeah, anyway yeah yeah i'll stop (laughs) (laughs) oh we'll have to talk more about that yeah there you go well i see the wheels turning though this is good uh yeah well, well, we'll have to follow up on this. Definitely. I, I'm all for it. Um, so you have, we mentioned, I want to mention real quickly because I'm looking at them right here. Yeah. You have the Captain Edward font. You have the Rotundo font. You had yep. the ship's whistle. Uh, and the, the one that I really liked that I thought about using before I went with vault alarm was the Parkley font. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Parkley, That's yeah. a really nice font. I, and that was. Thank you. That one really caught my eye, but yeah, they're, they're really great. Uh, and again, I'll put everything in the show notes for, uh, for those, uh, links and stuff to those. those items. So you mentioned the simple bits podcast and it's been a while. Are you going to be picking that up again? Yes. Yes. That's glad you asked. Yes. uh, I definitely want to reboot that again. And, um, I for some reason during the pandemic I that I don't know there's something about 
podcasting that uh, just seemed weird for me and there's no reason for it it's actually a perfectly fine thing to do because you've got you can do this remotely and it's i don't know why i don't know what i was thinking but for whatever reason i do want to bring it back uh now actually and and, and start start anew and um we've got some plans actually to do that um one of the one of the things i'd love to do is uh is like a game show uh maybe format with uh, sort of like wait wait don't tell me but for design so you can do like um have a have a, have a couple guests on and, and and have some fun there but um and, and also get back to interviewing folks and, and all that but yeah so hopefully soon hopefully soon i i, I really like like the uh what you had there with and and the puppet so <laughs> puppet you yeah. know the puppet it, it was <laughs> people might be sick of the puppet i can never tell I, you know, I love it but it's who knows oh i love it i love it i think you should stay stick with it you know um if anybody's not sure i would go and uh subscribe to the podcast and i think you had a video out didn't you yeah i've made some little videos here and there you know with the puppet uh yeah. um i mean it would be the reason i my ideal if i had to set you know if i could set it up where i'm actually the puppet the entire time we do like a video podcast and i'd be the puppet the entire time that would be amazing but i'll tell you one thing i have learned and this could be another book maybe 20 bits i learned about puppeteering but like it's it's extremely physically demanding <laughs> to, to to properly puppet and a lot of it comes down to the position you have to be in to be out of the frame, but also have the puppet in the proper frame. And then you've, you have to have like a monitor system so you can actually see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I've done ones where I'm really uncomfortably contorted on the floor, like trying to do <laughs> so I can only do it for like a minute or something. And I would do like a few like teaser videos, you know, where, um, but in a perfect world, both guests would be puppets and that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, how do you I, like it? I'm glad you, you inspired me to keep it going. Well, the content, I love the content, you know, you're talking about design, uh, which still, I mean, I'm not much into design anymore as I used to be, but it's still, you know, like like you were talking about with CSS, you still have that love for it, and I still have yeah. that love for design. So yeah, yes. Um, so we're getting close <clears throat> to to time here. So I have three questions I ask all my guests, uh, and uh, why don't we get to those questions right now? Great. First one is: What about the web the, these days? excites you and keeps you excited in what you do wow yeah it's a good question um or it could be design as well yeah well yeah with the web i think it's it's i want to say it's probably the same thing that 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 it got me excited about it in the first place i think it's the the ability to share immediately you know with whoever wherever um i still think that's like i still think that's amazing and and maybe it's like being from that generation that 
we're, we're an interesting generation because we we remember what life was like before the web and then we grew you know and now and now we now we know what it's like with with the web and whereas whereas like i think about my kids like they've just grown up and it's just been there the whole time and so maybe it's 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 second nature right it, it maybe it's taken for granted or hopefully not but but i i think i'm old enough where i still appreciate the fact that my god we're communicating this way and it's immediate and um i love the idea that it democratizes like creative creativity and that people can be creative and and literally anybody can you know have their creation seen and appreciated uh, i think that's something like growing up it was always it seems like this other world that i would just be um observing you know like whether it be musicians or publishing but even but even book publishing when i first got started like that was you the barrier to entry was so much greater than it is now um so i think that's that's what really gets me excited is that you know people and people are getting discovered every day just just on even on social media or whatever just it's it's so much easier to um to be seen to have your voice heard i guess they're looking at it yeah um yeah so if there was one thing that you could change about the web that we know today, what would that be? Ooh, good question, Todd. Um, I do wish that I'm going to sound like an old guy here. I do, <laughs> which is accurate. But uh, I do wish that it was easier to build websites. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I, one of the things that got me excited too early on was that you didn't really need to be specialized at all when you're creating something. And it certainly was like far more duct tape than it is now. I think it still is kind of duct taped actually. Maybe that's, that's just the nature of what the web is. But, but um, you know, when I first started, there was like, you know, webmaster was like a thing. And it was like this, the one person, right, on a team that would be responsible for all of everything. And that's kind of, that was kind of fun. And um, you had more control and it, you at least understood. Granted, designing for the web was a big pain in the ass back then, of course. But, but um we're capable of so much more now obviously but for people starting out like is it it must be intimidating like you can't just be like i just want to make web websites you know it's like you are you a front-end developer are you back end developer? are you you know are you javascript are you you know there's there's a lot more that goes into creating websites and special specialization um which is needed for all everything that we're doing but i just wish it was i just wish it was easier to create independently things on the web i guess um mm -hmm. and again that probably sounds like i'm an old curmudgeon the old days are better you know which they weren't really i mean obviously like yeah. you know, what we had to deal with was just absurd with the browser issues and that kind of thing and then and then some so to to 
to counterpoint what I just said, uh, it is easier to create for the web now. But I think that the industry in general is certainly different. Um, the professional side of making websites is is far more specialized and and um, but I wish there was a I just wish it was easier. I just feel like the technology I just wish the technology was simpler that I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'll leave it at that. Just wish it was yeah. easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that was uh, the you know, we had back in the day we had FTP and now yeah you can push whatever to GitHub and that exactly. goes on your on your Netlify you know account and, and boom it's on on the web. Um exactly like there wasn't there was like it was just there was fewer avenues to get something published, I think, back then. So it was it was easier to know what you were up against. And I feel like now, you know, if someone just starting out now, like you start mentioning well, what's GitHub and what's um yeah. you know, what what's I don't know, I'm trying to think of like what's NPM and what do I have to do this command line stuff? Like there's just so many um it's overwhelming or to me it looks like it would be overwhelming but for someone for someone coming in i just wonder i always have wondered for a while i wondered like if if will there be a level of abstraction soon that 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 and you sort of see that with some of the like i'm thinking of like webflow and and some other tools where they are abstracting they the all the front end goodies behind something that's a lot easier to to handle but um i wonder if there's a a non uh, non-capitalist way of looking at that where it's is there a web standard that could emerge that that is a level above what this current stuff is and for folks that just want to simply create something and i don't know I don't know where I'm going with that, Todd, but <laughs> I just wish it was easier for, for, for folks. That's yeah. all. <laughs> oh, they, they, there's such a wide variety of choices. And yes. you know, I, I look at, I look at, oh, uh, I do it a certain way now with my site that I like, you know, I use 11 I put yep. my, uh, you know everything in on github and that pushes out to netlify that works for me that's that's i'm i'm fine with that uh, yeah. you know yeah. um and just all the tools that i see coming out uh it's it's oh this one's faster but yeah, this one's that's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. yeah the tools exactly it's it's overwhelming to keep up with you know what i should be using to do the job that i do right yeah um and that that as a somewhat outsider to this now which is weird i i i feel like that yeah that would be intimidating i just wouldn't want someone turned off from you know web development that that might be really talented and qualified to do it uh, just because the things are moving so fast that uh it, it's a turnoff, you know, um, at the same time, <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't knock the speed at which things are changing and, 
and that's that's good too so i i, I get it but um but it it, it just uh should be hopefully it should be easier yeah so last question yeah is your favorite part of the front end front end development or you know your favorite part of design that you really like the most or you know the 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 thing that you nerd out over Ooh, yeah i like this one okay right which is a appropriate for the the title of this podcast right yes nerdery um i mean geez i nerd about out about so much i'm trying to think of what would i choose uh i think i i miss you know and i don't do this a ton these days but i really miss like that fresh you open up a new you know a new text editor tab and you're literally building that thing from from scratch. I just loved that those that first few hours of of building a new web a web page. I'm th I'm thinking of like a standalone like mm -hmm. page, uh, not like template or component or something, but just like literally like I've got to create this one page. That just to me was like it's so exhilarating. Um, like it was that it was way back then when I was first learning and it still is to me today the fact that you can take like just html and and css and build something like that that i don't know it's just so fun and you still can that's the thing is like i you don't need all the things that that we use today the tools and the and that kind of thing and i just like i would love to get back to just creating html and css pages um i would love that would be my ideal job now actually yeah. it's just like someone like you know what i mean like they, it's they, they just send you uh a, a very you know simple simple static mock and i would just turn that into a web page that would be like an amazing job to me where i didn't need <laughs> to use any like there'd be no command line required no javascript required i'm literally just marking up the page and styling it with css to look like a that, that would be my ideal job is anyone hiring? Um, <laughs> does anyone do that anymore? Like that's the thing. I I don't know. I don't you know, know. Without a framework, no framework, no nothing. Just like, yeah. and I literally, I you know, I, I wouldn't need a book to <laughs> open up beside me. I wouldn't need anything. It would just be like, I'm just coding it from from memory, and mm -hmm. um, that is, I miss that immensely. Actually, um, that because that's the yeah. part. That's that creative part of that's the creative part of web development that I miss, you know, um, yeah. I really do. Yeah. That takes me back to the days of geo cities and angel fire and, and all yeah. those sites. Yeah, absolutely. I wish it was that easy. You just, you code what you're going to code and right. click that publish button and yep. you were, you were done. done. You're done. Yeah. And there it is. And there's the information for people you know yeah yeah so i'd like to close out the podcast with my guests letting the listeners know what they currently have going on and where people can find you so the floor is yours hey thanks todd yeah so i you know currently my big push this month is is the new book so that's uh 20 bits i learned about making fonts 
um it just self-published it's it we just arrived the books just arrived we're shipping them now so that's been a focus there um the other focus is you know continue to make fonts um so we've got some things in the works there getting the podcast going again i'm glad you mentioned that actually that was something i was going to mention um and uh growing you know just growing simple bits as a as a business again which has been really to kind of double back and focus on that and um and uh yeah so folks can find me simplebits.com is 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 the main site and this in the shop where you can get the fonts and t-shirts and all that stuff and um simple bits on twitter and simple bits on instagram um if your algorithm even wants to show me in there but um <laughs> you can go directly to my profile and you'll see it but um yeah and that's where you can find me um and i'd love if you did you know reach out i'd love to hear from folks if you if you pick up the book or a font or anything just you know give me a shout yeah. and, uh give todd a shout get him get him motivated on this book and the lot of rules and uh yeah definitely yeah Definitely. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on today. I had a great time uh, talking and chatting with you. Uh, it was it was great. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Todd. It's a pleasure, and uh, love what you're doing with it, and uh, and all your work. And 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 I, I wish you the best of luck with moving to West Coast. And yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be different, but yeah. You know, it's just a new chapter in that autobiography that will be coming about 20 Love. years from now. There you go. Love it. <laughs> chapter indeed. It's awesome. But yeah, it's, thanks so much for, for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I appreciate your time today. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning into the front end nerdery podcast. I'll be back next month with a new guest, new conversation about front end design development and whatever else comes up. Uh, if you would please rate this podcast on your podcast device of choice, like, subscribe, and watch on the Front End Nerdery YouTube channel as well, where I use the Vault Alarm font provided by Dan himself. Uh, links to transcripts and show notes will be there. Uh, I'm Todd Libby, and this has been the Front End Nerdery podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.